Sarnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25, cuts it inside. Perfect. 35, 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50, to the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 15, 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer, but they're not going to. Nicks is back. Throws it down. Field. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. To the Red Cup Auburn podcast. My name is Noble, and as always, I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. And today we're going to be talking about something that was highly requested is the whole coronavirus situation, what's going to happen, you know, all that good stuff. So right now what we know is, I believe it was yesterday it became official, the SWAC, which is the Southwestern Athletic Conference, is moving their fall sports to, they're going to, they're going to shoot for the spring, they're going to kind of see how all that would work, but Auburn's week one matchup, Alcorn State, is a member of the SWAC. So effectively, that's the first time the coronavirus has affected Auburn's schedule directly. And so Auburn is going to have to find a new week one opponent as Alcorn State will not be available. So Wheeler, what are you thinking about all that? So I, I mean, that's a really loaded question. What are you thinking about <laughs> how the coronavirus is affecting college football this season? Wow. That's a really narrow question uh, or broad question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's been really tough. That's kind of why we've avoided the topic on the podcast until now is this has just been a situation where there's not a lot of facts. There's just a lot of speculation on everybody's part about uh, what's going to happen, you know, in all areas of life. And so we've tried to kind of keep the podcast lighthearted be a distraction from people from that but as like we're getting close to corona uh really affecting the football season we decided we should probably talk about uh what the schedule is going to be um so obviously the sec has not decided yet if we're even going to be playing uh out of conference games from the sounds of things to me it sounds like the sec the big 12 and the acc are really trying to have non-conference games and if that's the case Auburn will still have our week two opponent in North Carolina um as for the week one seeing as it's July 21st right now I'm not thinking that Auburn if we're playing out of conference games and if the college football season starts on time which are two really big ifs Mm -hmm. I'm not convinced that Auburn's going to be rescheduling a team for that day um I think that's just a really short turnaround. And if it is, I could see it being a, a team from the uh, – oh, what's the that crazy conference that UCF is in? The American – Yeah. Okay, so here's my uh, conspiracy theory of the day. Oh, goodness. So, as you, as you know, the American conference doesn't say that there's a Power 5 in football, Power 5 conferences. They say it's the Power 6. And that the American is the sixth in the power six. Mm. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that the reason the American has not come out and said, hey, this is what we're doing, is because they're waiting. If the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC all say, hey, 
we're having college football as normal. I mean, maybe not fans in the stands. Um, I know Texas came out today actually and said that they were going to have 50% of fans in the stands, mm. which to me signaled a really good, I mean, yeah, that's 50% yeah. more than I thought was going to be happening. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure how, I don't know that the article that I read necessarily put down uh, the details of exactly who's going to be getting in. Um, it was sent out to their season ticket holders. So maybe 50% of their, uh, stadium would not be full with season ticket holders. And so everybody that was already a season ticket holder gets to stay. I'm not really sure about the details, but I did see. How yeah, that- and I, th- I think yeah, and it's also interesting to know, like, how much of the percentage of fans in each game are season ticket holders, you know? Like, if you, take, if you eliminate students and season ticket holders, how many people are the people that just buy a ticket just to get into the game just for that one game? So I think it would be interesting to know that percentage when we're kind of thinking of who's going to be in the, in the stands. But. Right, and I think for the people that are not familiar with the Auburn ticketing system, it's kind of a three-tiered approach on how they do it. So the first kind of dibs for getting tickets – are people that are members of the Tigers Unlimited Fund. So they're paying into the scholarship donation. Um, and the more you give to Tigers Unlimited, the higher your ticket priority is, so the better your seat is. So those are kind of the first people that get priority for buying tickets at the beginning of the year for home games. And then again, like road games, the higher your ticket priority, the more likely you are to get a road ticket. Then you have people who have just bought season tickets without a Tigers Unlimited Fund. Uh, donation so they're lower on the priority and then you have people that are buying those mini packs you know those three game packs and then you have just single game tickets purchased through Auburn so if I had to take a guess I would say that 50% of the stadium does not pay Tigers Unlimited uh, ticket priority dues and that if Auburn did a 50% capacity that they could probably do students and tigers unlimited donors and do that as the as the 50 percent, and then you just wouldn't have the mini packs you wouldn't have season tickets on sale for non tigers unlimited donors or for single game tickets or honestly i don't foresee visitor tickets being a thing this year unless it's for parents uh but i can see it as being parents yeah yeah but not for students not for all that I I couldn't see colleges wanting their students to travel more than they already are. Um, anyway, so back to my original point about the American Conference. I think they are seriously waiting, and they will poach as many games as they possibly can to try and fill the void, to try and make them the power six. I think they see this as their golden opportunity to actually be considered one of the power conferences in college football because they'll be playing big-time games. They'll be on TV. Um, and honestly, I think if they performed really well, they may be able to, you know, kick the Pac-12 to the curb. I'm not real happy with the Pac-12 right now after their athletes came out with their whole protest. Um, did you see that about their demands that they were going to have? I did not. So a bunch of players from Cal basically came out and said that they have – they basically started a union and a bunch of other Pac-12 teams jumped on it and they had a list of demands. It was like health insurance for seven years after. Um, I'm trying to think of what some of the other things were. Um, I can try and find the article 
while we're talking about something else. But, yeah, basically the Pac-12 is going wild with their stuff. Um, yeah, but, I mean, honestly, though, it's the the whole thing, like what you were saying with the American, another thing is a big matchup is North Carolina and UCF week one. I mean, that's going to be a ranked matchup. I think that UCF really is wanting to play that game. So I think that might be another reason why the AAC is kind of waiting to see what happens is because they really want that game to happen because UCF is kind of their, their golden boy, for lack of a better word. I mean, they UCF is kind of their, their favorite child, and they want UCF to be playing these big-time games so that they can talk about how they should be in the playoff even more. Um yeah, yeah, so, I mean, and I think that this is a time that they – I have not been a big American Conference guy ever since UCF called themselves the national champs. I was – I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it is. If they're able to play football this season, they could definitely make a move to be one of the power six. Yeah. I mean, personally, I don't think that the – I don't think that the power five in football will ever become a power six because, honestly – if I'm being totally honest, it's been a power three for the past really a long time. I mean, it's been the power three with the Big Ten, Big 12, and the SEC. And then you've got Clemson and Oregon and Washington are kind of a member of that. But really, I mean, I, you, you see teams like Wake Forest and Oregon State and teams that are just awful year in and year out. And you're just like, th- these teams are not, when I think of power five football, that's not who I really think of. So, I feel like the the Pac-12 is definitely a a team that's just kind of somewhat in the Power Five, but not really. Um, But while I was thinking about it, this um, this is a quote from Gary Stokan. I think that's the way to pronounce it. He is the president and chief executive officer of the Peach Bowl and college football's 2020 kickoff series. So that's, you know, the games that are played in Mercedes-Benz at the beginning of the uh, season each year. And so right now, you know, Auburn is scheduled to play in a Chick-fil-A kickoff game against North Carolina in week two. And this was his statement. He said, we are still planning on playing the game on September 12th. Everything is on schedule. We are just waiting for the end of July to see what the decisions of the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 are with respect to going to conference-only games or whether they will play conference plus one or conference plus two games. In the case of either of those conference plus ones or conference plus two, the North Carolina versus Auburn game would stay on September 12th, and we would look forward to hosting a top 20 game with two great coaches and two of the best young quarterbacks in the country. So I was interested uh, in that because he kind of – he added the conference plus one or the conference plus two. And I think that would be an interesting thing that people haven't really talked about is, you know, everyone right now is kind of talking about will it just be conference games or will it be the whole schedule. Um, A lot of people know that the Big Ten and Pac-12 have already announced that they will only be playing conference games. But I think it would be interesting – if they say conference plus one, so they're like, Auburn, you can pick one of your non-conference games to play. And so we would, I, I would assume we would pick UNC. And so that way you're still getting kind of the marquee matchup. Cause a lot of these, a lot of the top tier teams are playing, they play one good team and their non-conference schedule and the rest, they pick lower tier teams just to get the easy win. And so if it was just conference plus one, you still get that marquee matchup or for some teams you get your rival. So like South Carolina could get Clemson, keep that rivalry going and all that good stuff. So you still have that while you're kind of reducing the travel and getting rid of the lower tier games. Because I think another thing that these guys, that the people at all these schools are kind of worried about is that, you know, I don't know how many of y'all have read these articles, but 
Auburn has gone to great lengths to prevent coronavirus. I mean, they have been on top of it. But not every school can do what Auburn's doing, you know? Like, Alcorn State, Alabama State, Sanford, even Troy. Like, they don't have the money to be doing, like, the exact same thing that Auburn's doing. So, they're going to have more COVID cases, and it's not their fault. I mean, it's just because they can't have – they don't have the resources to have – to pay people – to just go and wipe down everything between every workout, whatever. So that's going to be a difficult thing because those schools aren't going to be able to reduce the COVID cases as much as the bigger conferences. And so I think that's one of the reasons why the conferences kind of want to do all in conference because they all know, you know, with Auburn, we're like, all right, we know Alabama's doing the same thing we are. We know Texas A&M and LSU and all these teams are doing the same thing that we're doing. So that's just kind of a thing the chances that you're going to be spread with the conference games are lower because you know what they're doing. So, And I, it almost seems like the Big 12, ACC, and SEC are the three conferences that are actually working together to mm-hmm. develop plans that are uniformed across the three conferences so that they can play each other with almost like it is a conference game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Pac-12 – Everybody, I think, knew ever since March that the Pac-12 was going to do something wild and whack yeah. enough this because they're out on the West Coast and those people all do whack stuff. And then the Big Ten just kind of dropped a bombshell on everybody. Yeah. Almost to stay relevant. I mean, they just had that snooty, you know, Ohio State kind of vibe of just like, we're the Big Ten, you know, we'll do what we want. And I just think that the ACC, Big 12, and SEC – are just being the most reasonable about this and saying, let's wait. Like, why do we need to make decisions way out in advance and try and work together and develop a good plan? I think Mac Brown had the best idea saying that there needed to be a college football commissioner. I think he called him a czar, but I mean, just, I think a commissioner over college football would really be helpful right now because the conferences are so divided right now that it's really going to hurt the business of a lot of conferences um, especially the ones that are trying to just do their own thing. Yeah. And another thing, uh, I remember seeing this quote from Bob Bowsby, who is the Big 12 conference commissioner. And he said that they all, that all the conference, all the Power Five conference commissioners all had a meeting about a week before the Big 12 and Pac 12, can- the Big 10 and Pac 12 canceled. And he was like, it came completely out of left field. Like, he was like, nobody in that meeting expected anyone to change. And then all of a sudden, the Big Ten and Pac-12 just throw a curveball to everybody and they canceled it. And he said multiple times that he thinks it was premature and that while a lot of these guys were thinking they might have to go conference only, they weren't planning on doing it in the middle of July. Or back then, it was like the – I think it was the second week of July. And so it was just like, we still have – I mean, a month and a half before games start. I mean, a lot of them were thinking they had plenty of time to make the decisions, and then they just thought that the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, kind of jumped the gun with that. And also, uh, Rutgers the other day canceled. Like they said that they weren't going to have fans at all. They said they were zero percent capacity, no fans at their games if they have them. Well, wow, those so, two guys are going to be really disappointed. They don't get to go to the game. <laughs> Those two two Rutgers fans, but Greg Schiano's family is really disappointed right now that they're not going to be able to go to the game. How sad is that? Uh, Greg Schiano gets out of Rutgers, does a great thing, fails epically in the NFL, and the only team that'll take him back is Rutgers. That's kind of that is tough. 
Maybe he but, can build them back and they can have more than two fans. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, Nobs, are you ready? Are you ready for your trivia? I am ready for my trivia. All right, so for all of the listeners that have been hating on me saying that my trivia questions were too difficult for Noble, y'all are soft. Y'all are softer than Noble, okay? But in an effort to, you know, make the fans happy, make Noble happy, maybe make Noble feel good about himself, you know, sometimes he needs a little bit of encouragement. I've decided to go a little bit easier on the trivia question this week. Are you ready? I am. All right. So with all that's going on right now, we're not sure that the college football playoff will be happening. We're not sure if bowl season will be happening, right? Correct. All right. So before the BCS, the year is 1997. Wonderful year. Beautiful year. Somebody was born that year. That somebody is talking right now. Damian Craig played for Auburn that year. We did not win the national championship. Who won the last national championship that was not decided in a national championship game in 1997? Because we have a chance that there will not be a national championship game this year and the press will have to vote on a champion like they did in the 90s, 80s, 70s, all that good time. Um, dang. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I got to kind of make an educated guess. Um. I'm trying to think because I know that we lost to Tennessee that year in the SEC championship to Peyton Manning. So I'm trying to think. I don't know what their record was, and I can't remember if Peyton ever won a national championship, but that's going to be my guess. Was it the Tennessee Volunteers? It was not. There were even two answers, Noble. There were two answers, and you, I was going to give you either one if you had gotten them. The answers are Michigan and Nebraska. In the most non-championship game thing ever, the media split their votes. Half of them voted for Nebraska. Half of them voted for Michigan. Yeah, that was really common back in the day. I mean, I know that there have been a couple of years where, back then, where there were like three national champions and Auburn was – wanting to be in the mix but i just looked it up tennessee was 11 and 2 that year so yeah worth it worth a try michigan undefeated nebraska undefeated michigan ap number one nebraska coaches poll number one so that's i just i just looked it up actually that tennessee team lost to nebraska 42 to 17 which is why nebraska won it all right well at least I was close. If Tennessee had won that game, you know, I was, I was in the ballpark. If but. they had won that game that they lost 42-17, to 17, yeah, they were right on the verge, Noble. Hey, man, you never know. Good job, You man. never know. Great wow. job. There you go, fans. That was an easy one. That was not like asking what the mascot of – what was the team? Ryder. Yeah, Ryder, the Bronx. Yeah. That TJ, was, the Bronx. Awful. <laughs> I win again. Um, but to move on, uh, something that I saw the other day was talking about how if the like if you look at all these sports that are moving them to spring, how that's going to affect the NFL draft because a lot of these top tier players are all just going to sit out, you know, because like or they won't sit out technically, they would just leave and just start preparing for the draft because I don't think I think the NFL is going to play their season normal. 
And so I don't think that they're going to really change anything with how the NFL draft is going to be and the NFL combine and all that. So all these top tier players are just not going to play. So like, I feel like that's going to be a huge thing because these teams are like, well, if we want our top, our, you know, first round projected pick to play, we got to play in the fall. And so I think it'll just be interesting to see how all this happens. And also the junior college league, all they moved all their fall sports to spring. And that's another thing to monitor seeing how, you know, a lot of guys, they perform well in the fall and they do well. And then these D1 teams look at them and they're like, all right, we're going to bring this guy on or whatever. But I feel like that's going to be really hard when all these D1 teams are in spring training and then JUCO's out there playing games, and then all the JUCO players have to finish their season in the spring, and then they're going to be working out all summer, and then they go into the fall season. So the JUCO guys aren't going to have any break whatsoever. So it's just going to be – it's going to be really weird. The whole landscape is going to change dramatically. Uh, I think junior college is the most unique circumstance from an Auburn perspective in this, in this way. Guys that are coming to Auburn, Alabama, you know, all of these SEC guys, would you say, what, 90, 95% of them were already being recruited before their senior year? I mean, would you say that's a fair assessment? Yes. yes okay, so you say that. So that means that the guys that are getting signed in this class, if there's no high school football in the fall – may or may not play in the spring. They may just go ahead and sign because they don't want to play a spring football season in their spring football season in April and then play college football starting in August. I mean, that's pretty tough on a body to play two football seasons in a year. Like you said, guys that are going to go to the NFL, studs, Trevor Lawrence, that type of, Justin Fields, those kind of guys, they're not going to play a spring football season. I mean, they're just not. They're going to go ahead, get ready for the NFL, I've seen several tweets from agents saying I've been talking to guys and they're ready. As soon as they move it to spring, they're dipping. Mm-hmm. Junior college is the one thing where the guys are not already picked, you know? So yeah. NFL guys, they've already scouted them. They know who's coming out. They know who they're going to draft. Obviously you can improve your stock, but the, I mean, you're not just going to probably knock somebody's socks off from your junior to senior year and, get drafted when you wouldn't have gotten drafted or picked up by anybody junior college is going to be the most interesting thing to me because if they end up playing in the spring you're going to have a lot of guys coming to these major programs that have played two seasons and I think it's going to be interesting to see how their bodies hold up and if it's possible to play two college football seasons and I really don't think it is I think that's honestly more dangerous for the age group of people that we're talking about, it's probably more dangerous to play two college football seasons, one in the spring, one in the fall, than it is to get the coronavirus. Well, yeah, and all the – I mean, you know all these JUCO guys, you know, they're going to be playing – if they can walk on the field, they're going to be playing. Because these guys are trying to get on – I mean, they're they're playing for getting on a roster, getting in the NFL. Like, these guys are giving it their all because you're going to look at some of these dudes that are already – already at Auburn or already at Alabama and NFL scouts have already been looking at them you know if they get hurt and that's fine they can they can be they can be out there they'll still get drafted but these Juco guys like they're they're having to give it their all every single snap just to get noticed so yeah yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting for Juco and I don't think we're going to see I don't think we're going to see a nor any degree of normalcy until 
really 2022. I think that it'll be it'll be that whole because I think it'll be this football season and then the year after will be kind of weird too. I think they will still have fans and everything, but I still think that the, it's going to look weird because all these teams are moving their schedule, and so the timing is going to be really weird, especially if some teams still play in the fall and some play in the spring because then are some of these teams just going to stay with the spring? Like, because then you're always going to have to have that two seasons in the same year if you want to move back to fall. So, I don't know. It's just going to be – it's just a big mess. It's going to be very interesting to see. I honestly – I don't think that these teams that are moving their seasons to the spring are going to play, though. You don't? Like, if you think that it's so dangerous right now to not play, I don't foresee it being that much different in the spring. I mean, that – Yeah, but- yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think that it's going to be – I don't know how much different it will be in the spring. I imagine – I would be surprised if the Ivy League played simply because the Ivy League doesn't really the, – the weird thing with the Ivy League, and all these people are saying that, you know, oh, well, we should we should always listen to the smart people because they made their decision before the basketball season and, and they ended up being right. I heard a bunch of people talking about that. But at the end of the day, the Ivy League is its own little thing because they don't they – don't, they don't require the money from football that all these other schools do. And they don't do scholarships, do they? Exactly. No, not not officially. So, Right, and then they have the leadership scholarship and stuff. Well, yeah, and they'll give people academic scholarships and all that. But technically, they're not allowed to give athletic scholarships. And so you've got the Ivy League who doesn't – they don't need football. Football is kind of an added bonus for them, but they don't necessarily need it. You look at all these other all these other conferences. They need football. Like it, I cannot tell y'all how much these schools need football. And these towns. At, yeah, exactly. Well, and you look at like if you're going to look at all these schools, you look at you can look at just from the Power Five. They need the money that they're going to get from the fans, from the TV, and all that. They need that to help run their university. You look at the smaller schools that don't get on TV, they need the money games. So, you know, when Alabama State, when Auburn pays Alabama State a million dollars to come and get their brains beat out so that we can win 55 to nothing and get that win right before Alabama, they get paid a million dollars. And so that helps Alabama State. So they always want to get those money games because they're going, getting their brains beat out at Texas Tech or Auburn or wherever it is. They get their money and then they come back with the money for their school. So while they don't get as much money with the TV, they get it with getting beat by the big D1 school. And so all these schools have different ways that they get the money, but it's all from football. And if we don't have conference games, all these small schools aren't going to get that money game. And it's just, if all these schools just keep postponing, you know, every school's going to lose so much money. And a lot of these schools aren't, they're going to go under because they, the football helps them so much. Or there's so, athletic departments will go under. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah and you, you, we've already seen like, we've already seen a bunch of schools have disbanded like some of the lower, you know, some of the lower sports that people don't really care about. You know, like I, I believe it was Stanford, they canceled like five sports. And it, like one of them was like wrestling. And so it's like, I mean, the, the schools are having to cancel all their sports because of financial difficulties just without having, I mean, without talking about football, just 
because the coronavirus has caused so much strife. And if all these schools are going to be online, less people are going to go to the school because it's more expensive to go to Auburn than a community college. And if everything's online, there's no different than getting taught an Auburn Zoom class than getting taught at a community college's Zoom class. So most people, if every class is online, they're going to go to the Zoom class, making the big universities lose even more money. So that's why football is just so essential. And that's why these schools are doing as much as they possibly can to still have it. Yeah. So what's your final prediction? What's your final prediction leading in? I think that by the time we record our next podcast, we will probably have an official word from the SEC. If you had to make a guess on what the SEC is going to say, on did they are they going to come out July 31st? Uh, I, I know that they were talking about doing it at the end of July, and but Sankey said something the other day about how he didn't know if that was going to be enough time. But I think their goal is that by HBO the end story. Of July. Let's take a pause here. Did you see that HBO story and that guy that posted the thing about Greg Sankey the other day? I did not. Okay, so basically, so he's doing an interview with Greg Sankey, and Sankey says like all these people are saying that we're being mean to these college kids and we're trying to use these college kids and this and that. And he's like, but honestly, it's safer for them to be on campus oh, I because of the that, medical yeah. facilities we have and how much they're getting tested and all that we're doing to prevent it. And the guy just tried to kill him on it and said that it was ridiculous and that he was a horrible person. I thought that was the most, I thought that what Greg said was the most reasonable thing in what other setting do you have 24 seven medical care are you getting tested probably once a week? And do you have a whole team of people cleaning everything, cooking for you, giving you nutritious meals? Uh, it was the most ridiculous thing. And all these people that say that college football is so much more dangerous for these guys than living at home are just crazy because if they think that 18 to 22-year-old dudes who are living at home are sitting in their living room all day long wearing an N95 yeah. mask to not cough on mob, they have literally lost their minds. They are literally psycho. These people are going out, whether they're going out in Auburn or whether they're going out in whatever their hometown is, they might as well have the medical care. Anyway, that was Well, yeah, but, but, yeah, even if it's not just sitting at home, like, if these guys are just living their life, like, you're – the chances that you're going to get this thing by living your life are pretty high. Like, I just – I got this notification 20 minutes ago. 95 NFL players tested positive for the coronavirus. 95. Zero NBA players tested positive. Zero NBA players. Exactly. Because in the NBA, they've got the bubble. And they've got people that are making sure that they don't get it. There are people getting tested all the time. That's what, to a lesser extent, is what's going on in all these universities. Obviously, they're not spending as much money as they did on the bubble. But less people are getting it in these contained environments than they are just going all around. So, yeah, I agree with Sankey that, you know, if Bo Nix is walking around Birmingham, Alabama and goes shopping, goes to a restaurant, the chances that he is going to see somebody with the coronavirus are very high. The chances that something's going to happen and somebody's going to walk by without a mask or cough on them, whatever. The chances that he's going to get the coronavirus and we're just walking around Birmingham are a lot higher than him walking around Auburn because all the people that he's going to be around in Auburn are all, yeah. And but yeah. I will say I, re- I agreed with what – I don't know if it was the NCAA or the SEC that came out and said this, that if a player does not feel comfortable playing because of the coronavirus, 
that they can maintain their, their scholarship. scholarship back, yeah. And I totally agree. If someone doesn't feel comfortable doing this and they feel like their health is in serious jeopardy, then yeah, let them keep their scholarship for this year while they figure out, you know, something else that they want to do if they don't want to play football anymore. But I think that the vast majority of people that are on football teams in college love playing college football. They're not that concerned that the coronavirus is going to hurt them and they want to play. And so I don't see why all these other people are making decisions for them. Like, I, I think everybody should be able to make their own decision as to whether they want to go to a football game or whether they want to play in a football game or not. Yeah, I agree. I've talked to a couple of players about it, and they've – I mean, they, it's pretty consensus. They say that they want to play and that they just want – they just want to play. Because at the end of the day, these guys are 18 to 22 years old. They're still like a lot of these guys are. They just want to play football. They want to play the game that they love. Same with basketball. These guys just want to play basketball. Like for some people, it is a business. But for some of these guys, that they like for some of these guys, they're not going to go to the NFL. Like for a lot of the or a lot of these guys are not going to go to the NFL. And it's just this is their last thing. This is their it's last fun. time to play organized football because you know with basketball. You know, when you're, you can always go to a YMCA when you're in your 40s and you can always play pickup basketball. You can always go to a church league, softball, whatever, play baseball, whatever. You can't ever play football. After you get out of college, like, you know, they'll have, occasionally they'll have XFL, AAF, but that the chances that you are going to play organized football with pads and a helmet and all that, you're not. Once once you get out of once you get out of college, if you're not making it to the NFL, you're most it's, you're done. And so these guys, this is for a lot of them, you know, for some of these guys are going to go to the NFL, they're going to keep doing that, make money, whatever. But a lot of these guys, they want to have fun, they want to play football in college, they want to do their thing, and then when it's over, it's over, and they're just going to move on with their lives. And I think it would be great if they could say, "I still got my four years in college," but yeah. that's just my my stance on it. But something I th- that was a little, little lighthearted. Um, if Eli Stove didn't want to play this season because of the coronavirus and he opted to retain his scholarship and play the next season, he would have been part of the 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and 21 Auburn football seasons. That would be six years playing for Auburn. I just thought that was a cool thing to mention. That is. But, yeah, so I think – That's a long time. That is. That's a lot six, of Auburn football. Yeah, that is a lot of Auburn football and not one national championship to show for it or SEC. You don't know. Bro, Maybe you don't it. know. You don't know what's happening this year. We That's go true. all the way. We could go all the way. That is very true. But I think we have used up all of our talking points about the coronavirus and I'm ready for the next podcast episode where I don't have to mention COVID, but yeah, that's all we got. Feel as always feel free to DM the page with your comments, concerns, whatever, whatever you want us to talk about next episode, all that good stuff. Uh, And we're excited to talk to y'all next week. War Eagle. War Eagle.